Hey, hello, hi, welcome to and or back to the Equitheory podcast. I am your very absent but now back host, Jill Therese. Man, it feels good to say that. Oh my God, it has been so long since I've done the podcast. Oh, I don't think I've ever taken a break this long from the podcast and I am so beyond happy to be back. I hate that I had to like break it up in the middle of the season, uh, but I'm going to talk a little bit more about why that happened and why it took so long and why my schedule has been all over the place and, um, you know, talk about some other things like how Zoe's doing, how the other horses are doing, why and how and where we moved farms and all of the future plans as well as what's been going on in my personal life a little bit for you guys here so uh without further ado let's roll that intro music and get into it Alrighty, guys you know the drill before we get into the episode content we got some ads to do here uh so three two one go It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, guys, when you become a patron of the podcast by joining at patreon.com slash equitheory, you'll gain access to all kinds of opportunities to benefit you and your horse. Being an equitheory patron means that you're able to gain a like-minded community of progressive equestrians via our Discord server, ask your burning training questions, and have them answered on the podcast, live monthly Q&A Zoom events, and the option to schedule phone call consults with me to help you work through a behavioral or training-related issue, and at the very highest tier, the option to submit up to 30 minutes of video per month for me to review and critique. You can break it up however you would like. So the Patreon is set up to accommodate budgets and you're free to cancel at any time penalty free. So become a patron of the podcast today. Help me and the horses and help yourself. Alrighty guys. I think I start every new clip by saying that. Um, and I'm not, I'm not going to apologize for it. You know what? It just is what it is and we're going to have to deal with that. Okay. Um, I'm moving my curtain out of the way so I can be alert for oncoming individuals. Um, sorry, that's totally irrelevant to you, but it's fine. Um, it's moved. Hmm? It's arguing with me. Now it's moved. And my Zuko kitten has jumped up on my desk to join me, which I'm sure he's going to attempt to step all over my keyboard <laughs> um, and knock things over because that's what cats are for, right? Anyway, um, so yeah. I'm back. It, that is like, I have a big fat smile on my face. I, it's been so long. Oh my God. And I have to apologize because I didn't really anticipate that it was going to be so long. I mean, I kind of did and I kind of didn't like 
I, I know, I think in the last episode, well, before the kissing spine surgery episode, um, which is the most recent one, because I believe this is episode five of season four, um, I talked about how I was going to be taking a break until, um, you know, we moved new farms and got settled in. And um, it is and isn't taking as long as I thought it was going to. So um, I'm going to talk a little bit about that more. But first, I want to just kind of give you guys a, uh, I don't even know what to call it, kind of like a technicality update. So, um, you know, I don't know if you guys care about this at all, but I was first using Anchor FM to create the podcast. And then... I moved platforms to Buzzsprout because Anchor had this option where you could just like insert uh, recordings of yourself that were pre-recorded of ads and you could just put them on, on every episode super easily and it was really nice and I was making, you know, good money off of ads but then um, they just pulled my sponsorships for some reason and so then I wasn't making any money off of that and I was like, I did a lot of research and I was like, okay, Buzzsprout is the best. Um, so I was paying, I think, $18 a month for a Buzzsprout subscription. But the way that ads work is you have to like reach out to companies yourself. Whereas on Anchor, the companies would send proposals to you. Like, for instance, I did one for Anchor and for Spotify and a couple others, I think. Um, but they would just send it to you with a script and you could either record the ad and plug it in or you could just hit, you know, decline. So, um, that was all fine and dandy. And then I moved to Buzzsprout, but I just (laughs) am incapable of reaching out to companies. Like they had a whole service and everything where you can, um, you know, send a proposal easily and they have a bunch of brands to choose from, but I'm just not interested in going through all of that and looking. So last night I spent, I think probably five or six hours (laughs) switching from Buzzsprout to Podbean and um, now that's where my podcast is hosted. So if you notice any changes or something is kind of screwed up on like, you know, the Apple uh, podcasts database, I don't know what to call that, (laughs) Um, or on Spotify or something, if you notice something that looks kind of off, please shoot me an email at equitheory at gmail.com. I think I fixed all of the errors, but there could still be more. But um, Anyway, so uh, it took a long time because like the episode order was screwed up. So I had to go through and manually change the number on every single episode and it was a pain. But the cool thing about Podbean is they allow you to have a website for your podcast where they'll upload the audio file and if it's video, they'll do that for you as well. And it has all the podcast information. You can set up different pages to have like an about section or uh, where to contact and everything. So that has eliminated my need for the equitheorypodcast.com website. Um, And I struggled with it a little bit last night because I was like, ah, but it's so pretty. But um, I did the math and $18 a month for Buzzsprout just to have, you know, just have a place to upload my podcast. Um, It's $18 a month, which is like 250 something, I think, um, a year. And then for my Squarespace subscription, what I was on for that website, I think was between 100 and 200. I can't exactly remember. It might have been like 150 or something. I don't know. But so, you know, upwards of like three to $400 to have a website and my podcast. And on Podbean, 
Um, this is not sponsored, by the way. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> this is why I'm probably going to delete the podcast website, which pains me to say because I spent so long building that website. And I'm like, well, that was a giant waste of time. But um, <laughs> anyway, um, but on Podbean, it's I think I paid $108 for the current subscription I'm on and I might have to up it. But that's just for a place to have my podcast and a website um, for a third or a fourth of the price that I was paying to have those two things separately. And that takes a lot of work off of me because every time I posted an episode, I would have to manually create a blog post on my website with all the podcast information. And that's a lot of work. And then it wasn't getting done. And then the website would be behind. And I'm just like, you know what, this is easier. It's cheaper. And it means that I will be more efficient. So sometimes I do actually have to sacrifice quality for quantity. Because if I don't, then it just won't get done. So I've um, been trying to make a lot of decisions like that in my life. Like how can I do the things I want to do? Um, and you know, it might not be the perfect or the best way that I want to get them done, but does it, is it ever going to be perfect? Probably not. (laughs) So why not just, you know, make it easier for myself so that I can at least get it done, you know, and I, it's not going to affect the quality of the podcast or anything like that. It's more just, it'll affect the, um, what the website looks like. And uh, you know, the Podbean one isn't that bad and it's a pretty new feature, Um, You know, it's all an algorithm. They just plug in everything, um, you know, where you want it. So uh, it's pretty exciting that (laughs) that's a thing. So um, yeah, Um, I I just am, it's unfortunate that it won't look as nice as the one that I created myself on Squarespace, but I still have jetequithery.com. It's just going to cut my costs in half um, or more than half. So very exciting. I spent so long doing that last night, so hopefully everything is up. I think it's equitheory.podbean.com is the podcast website. So if you want to give a look at that, you can. But um, I just wanted to sort of let you guys know that that site will probably be non-functional soon. Um, I canceled my subscription, but I I paid for the annual plan on Squarespace, so... The website might be up until November 24th, but um, I'll probably take it down before that, which sucks because that's quite a chunk of money that I've lost. But you know what? It's fine. Now I don't have to pay for it again. So anyway, readjusting in my chair. Finally got a new office chair. Do you hear this? There's no squeak. (laughs) I updated so many things. It feels so good. My savings was not happy with me, but... um, I made an effort to, you know, attempt to revamp things so that I'm more comfortable and I don't have to worry about, you know, sacrificing uh, you guys' ears listening to that stupid gaming chair squeak. I got, um, I think it's called a Serta Sit True, um, and it's so freaking comfy. Um, I sat in it all night last night working on the transition to the new platform, and I only got sore about the fifth hour, so um, it's it's really comfy. None of this is sponsored. I'm just telling you guys things that I like and that I've found through trial and error. Um, but I actually decided to switch to Podbean through Shelby Dennis's recommendation because she reached out to me um, to ask me about my experience with Buzzsprout, and I was like, don't do it, bro. I mean, like, Buzzsprout is great. They have so many, like, really handy things. Like, they have this option called magic mastering which is like they'll make your audio file cohesive so 
you know, the quality may not be super fantastic on this one, like when I have guests on, because what Pot, um, Buzzsprout would do is that they would like make, like, for instance, when I have guests on, I usually do it via phone call and just hold my phone next to the mic or set it on a phone stand next to my mic. And they would fix it to where it sounds like they're in the room with me, you know, about as close as you can get from a phone call. But Podbean, to my knowledge, does not have that option. So, you know, I did have to consider that when I switched. But um, on Podbean, it seems that they'll just plug in ads where they think is necessary or I can do it manually. Um, The older episodes will probably be um, automatic. So if you listen to it and it just randomly cuts to an ad, um, you know, they say they, they have like an AI system to find a good spot for an ad, but you know, it's AI. So, um, but probably from here on out, it will be manually done. So I'll pick and choose places to put the ads. Um, but I have little to no control over what they are. Um, so if something's wonky or you're like, ah, know about that shoot me an email equitheory at gmail.com and i will take a look at it um but anyway that is some housekeeping for you guys that's the word i was looking for earlier and now let's after 10 minutes let's get into what you guys were actually here for so um lots of updates i'm struggling to know where to start but i think i'm going to start with zoe i have um a list of notes in my phone i had like three things like three main points that i wanted to talk about and I asked you guys on Instagram, like, what updates are you guys even interested in? And, oh my god, you guys are so much more thorough than I am. So <laughs> I I actually made, like, a, a little schedule or list um, for what I want to cover today um, and tried to organize it by topic. So it's not... And I know some of you guys like the stream of conscious all over the place episodes, but, uh, you know, sometimes it's hard to follow. So I, I went ahead and made a, uh, like a little, I don't know what you call this notes, episode notes, show notes, if you will. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. So Zoe had her kissing spine surgery that went pretty, pretty well. I think, um, I, she had surgery on April 16th, uh, 2021, of course. And we picked her up on the 19th. So that was, we dropped her off on a Thursday, she had surgery Friday, and we picked her up on Monday. So I'll walk you guys through that. I meant to make an episode kind of right after it, but then I was like, well, I'm going to want to update on like how she's doing, and I don't have that information, so it just kind of be a surgery experience episode. So this is what happens to me. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I'm going to do this, and then I'm like, wait, it could be better if I had more information, I'll just wait. And then I'm like, mm, I, I don't want to, like, I was actually going to record this episode last night, but... um. I just had such a killer headache last night and just, I haven't been feeling super great lately. Um, And so I was like, you know what, I'll just do it tomorrow, Um, which is probably another thing I need to mention here before I really get into Zoe. Um, I think, I think, keyword, um, that I'm going to be moving the episode upload date to Wednesday because my schedule is a little bit different now for reasons that I will get into later regarding my love life. But it's hard for me because Mondays are really busy for me now. And it's hard for me to uh, make time to record, especially since I'm now having to plan around having headaches in the afternoon. Um, it's usually due to dehydration. I'm on different medications for my acne and ADHD that making it really hard to stay hydrated and not have a headache every single day. Um, but I am getting blood work done here soon to, um, 
figure out what on earth is wrong with me. But I think uh, I'm going to make Tuesday my recording days and then upload on Wednesday. I've tried pre-recording episodes like earlier in the week. It doesn't happen for me. So <laughs> I'm just going to just gonna allot myself another day and um, go ahead and move the episodes to Wednesday. So hopefully they'll still be posted at 10 a.m. like normal, um, but just a day later. Okay. Anyway, so Zoe, we took her down Friday, picked her up on Monday. Um, yeah, we stayed down, we, me and my mom stayed on Thursday night so that I could go see her after her surgery. They did her surgery Friday morning at 8 a.m. So she was raring to go, <laughs> you know, right after. And by raring, I mean very drugged and tired and in her stall. Um, I always feel so bad, like, like the whole time that I was putting her on the trailer, like guilt was like eating me alive because I mean, it ended up being almost a seven hour drive there and back and then there and back again. So that was hell. (laughs) And poor Zoe just, uh, I just hate putting her on a trailer and taking her somewhere to, for her to go get drugged and cut open and then wake up where she doesn't know where she is near strange horses. And the horse next to her kept like rushing the stall wall and biting at her. And Zoe was like, okay, I don't know what your problem is, but, um, I just, uh, it's not my favorite situation in the world. They were great down there, um, at Texas Equine Hospital, um, where she had her surgery done, but I I felt so awful leaving her there on Thursday. Like, I was just sick to my stomach all day long and the week leading up to it. And then um, me and my mom just kind of like hung out Friday morning, went to TJ Maxx down there. I got a lot of cool stuff. Um, (laughs) They have a really nice TJ Maxx down there. Um, And then we got a text from Dr. Hannes that she was up and ready for us to, you know, come say hi. So I did. I actually never met Dr. Hannes the whole time I was down there. Um, I really wanted to watch her surgery um, because they do have that option, but they said due to COVID that they weren't allowing anybody in their observation room, which was frustrating because not a single person had a mask on. (laughs) And I mean, I'm not talking bad about the place, but that was frustrating for me. I was like, I want to be there for my horse. I also want to see it because that would be so cool to like watch that surgery in person. Um, but they were like, no COVID, but also literally not a single person here has a mask on. So I'm like, right, you guys are so concerned, but I get it. You know, they might have just not wanted people there. It's fine. Um, but also like say that, (laughs) um, anyway, sorry, tangent, but so I went and saw her on Friday morning and she was very druggy, tired. And she just put her head in my arms and like, she walked up to me when I came to the door. She was like, a friendly face. I know who you are. And so she just walked up to me and put her head in my arms and I just held her and like tried not to cry. (laughs) And I took some footage of her, um, you know, post-surgery and her stitches and everything. Um, So if you guys want to see that, um, there are some posts on my Instagram under the hashtag Zoe's Kissing Spine. And um, there's also a video on the YouTube channel. So, um, you can see all of that happen, but yeah. So then we had to leave and I was like, not happy camper about that. (laughs) I did not want to, but I mean, what was I going to do? Just sit there all weekend in Texas. Um, I have other things to do. I have to take care of my cats and all that good stuff. So I was like, I have to go back. So 
Um, I think on Sunday, my boss, Sonny, came down or went down to Texas with me. Um, and it ended up being like another seven hours. And we left the trailer there. So we got that all hooked up and went to check out and see Zoe. And um, it was actually really interesting because I loaded her or I walked her out of her stall after I wrapped her and everything. And I was just walking her through all of these quarter horses <laughs> that were just standing or had their lead ropes on the ground, just like hanging out. And um, she was bouncing next to me, like, you know, doing her little jig in place. But she wasn't doing the normal Zoe things, which is like running in front of me or shouldering into me. Um, she was very politely walking next to me. And if I applied any pressure at all to her lead rope, she would drop to a walk and then, you know, she'd start again. But, um, she, for, for her, that was very respectful for being in a new environment and worked up and everything was going great until I walked her over to our trailer because the parking lot was packed and there was a trailer park next to us. It was a stock trailer that had this, um, I'm assuming a quarter horse or maybe an appendix, um, little chestnut thing in there. And, uh, when I walked her past it, cause there was no other way for me to get to the trailer. When I walked her past it, um, he or she just kind of lost their minds and started like dancing around in the trailer. And it's, it was one of those with like the sides were all slats. So she could see the full body of this horse. That's like way elevated and banging and moving around. It was like an older stock trailer. So it was really loud. And then Zoe was like, oh my God. And of course, at the same time, this horse starts doing all of that. Um, my boss opened the tack room door to my trailer. So just like bam, 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 two things are happening at once. And Zoe was like, I'm over threshold. And so she spooked a little bit, but um, like still, it wasn't near the level that she normally does. So either maturity or training, what have you, she was much like she was still reactive, but not nearly the level that she usually is. So that was cool to see. Um, and she calmed down and I led her to the back of the trailer and just let her look around and kind of decompress for a moment after, uh, you know, being spooked by that guy. Um, a little horsey. I don't know if it was a guy or a girl, but, um, then she just walked right up onto the trailer and then we had a seven hour drive home and I was like, I felt so bad. I was like, you know, I mean, she just had a major surgery like three days ago and now I'm putting her on a seven hour trailer drive home because I was anticipating they'd keep her at the hospital for like a week, but no. So they sent me home with Butte and Ulcer Guard and, um, some medicine to put in her ears because she had a lot of ear ticks again. Like, I don't know what to do about that. She keeps getting them. And they sent me home with some medicine for it. But like when that runs out, I, they told us what to get, but like kind of not really. And so um, it's like, like hardcore chemicals. So I, I don't know. I'm gonna have to talk to my vet about that. But um, anyway, they also sent us home with some SMZ antibiotics, which are dissolvable. So um, I had to go buy a syringe and put those in some water in the syringe so they would dissolve and had to give that to her orally. Um, I asked the surgeon if, um, you know, I should, or I asked him for like to put her on ulcer guard while she was there and then to send a tube home with me so I could keep her on it while she was on Butte. And he was like, 
if you're a helicopter mom or like if you're overly concerned about it, you know, <laughs> if you're a worrier, he said something to that effect. And I was like, okay, well, that was uncalled for, <laughs> sir. But I definitely am. And vets seem to really pick that up for me. But I can't help it. I'm trying to be thorough and helpful. So you know what? Sue me. <laughs> but anyhow, we uh, did all of that. And um, she was really good. She, I got her out uh, twice a day as much as I could. Um, and she was on stall rest for two weeks. Or I think it was two weeks. Might have been a week. I think it was two. Um, I don't know. Everything has been such a blur lately. I can't even keep up with the, I can't be asked to remember the past at this point. Um, even the recent past, but so then she went out in a small round pin area. I put her mom and, um, a new Belgian mare that we've got for Sonny's husband. Um, her name is Sugar. So we, I put them in the paddock around her and trying to keep her comfortable in the stall. Oh my God. That was such a trial and error process. And I felt so bad because she was like, why the hell am I in a stall when I have been out 24 seven for the past like two years and I'm trapped in this stall and I did everything I could to make it, you know, as least excruciating as possible. I made sure she had constant access to hay. I got her out as much as I could. I had um, one of those like slow feeder hay balls in there and a slow feeder treat dispenser that I put Timothy pellets and alfalfa pellets in. Um, And her feed pan is on the ground uh, now forever. And uh, yeah, so I just did everything I could to make sure that she was going to be comfortable and, um, you know, have some things to do while she was stuck in there. And then it was a process of like, trying to figure out what horses I could put in the paddock that was directly behind her stall that she, so that she would be, you know, comfortable and feel safe and like she was with her people. So I moved Amber, her mom, up and Sugar. So, um, but that was so many musical horses to figure out what combination worked best. Oh my God. I won't bore you guys with the combinations I tried that failed, but it was, it was a lot. <laughs> so anyway, she got to go out in a small round pen and everything and things were fine. And I was like, okay, so I'll be moving out to the new farm at the end of May. So, um, you know, that, that'll work out perfectly because that will be when Zoe is ready to come out of a stall and go out into a pasture because the new farm, um, is set up with three, well, really four giant pastures and um there are not paddocks (laughs) there are not small pens it's just three big fields um and we're not using the fourth one which is the biggest um because that's where we're going to be putting the cross-country field and also there are some like there's like creeks and ravines and stuff so um and trails and all of that Um, but that is not to say that they're getting gypped in any way, shape or form. The three fields that, um, are, that we do have horses in are gigantic. I mean, they're huge. (laughs) So, um, we, we were, we were going to wait, um, until the end of May and then, which this, this is a tangent, but it's, it's really interesting. Um, when Sunny, my boss, if you guys remember, um, I think back in November, it was either November or October. She got bucked off of Flit, the horse that I competed at Holly Hill. There's a video on my YouTube about it. Um, he's the Frisian uh, sport horse. 
And Professor Flitwick, he bucked her off in cross-country warm-up, and she fell and broke her hip. Um, And I think he just got overwhelmed, and it just was one too many triggers, and he exploded. So, um, yeah, it it was a a lot. (laughs) But after that, she was like, you know, I'm old, my, you know, the vertebrae in my neck are fused, my sternum has a plate in it. I've broken my back and I have now broken my hip. I need something that's going to take care of me. I can't like I she was like, I love Flit, but I don't feel safe on him. And he needs somebody that feels confident because he's not super confident. Like Flit was older. I think he was like 10 ish, 10 or 12, something like that. Um, but he wasn't a super experienced event horse or show horse. Like he'd just done some backyard things. Um, but the people that sold him to Sonny lied about his experience. And after corroborating with his owners that owned him the entire time before going to the sale barn, uh, were like, no, he's never done anything in his life. <laughs> he did like a few backyard dressage shows but he's never done anything like that so the fact that he did as good as he did with me at holly hill was impressive um that he kept his cool and didn't get freaked out but you know i'm younger and more confident than an adult amateur that's broken every bone in her body so um you know i gave him a more confident ride than she did and um you know because she was nervous (laughs) like i mean you can't falter But she was like, I just need something that's going to make me feel safe. So we sold him to somebody locally. I forget. I think he's going to be in like a hunter equitation horse, which I think is great for him because he is definitely an arena horse. Um, And unless somebody's going to take the time with him to help him get confident on cross country and trails, that is not where he belongs. He is so comfortable and happy in an arena. (laughs) And uh, that's just not what Sunny wants to do. So she sold him. And then we went down to Ocala to look for horses. And um, I told her, I was like, it's not going to be the your bay thoroughbred or your gray warm blood that you are obsessed with. It's going to be something weird. And I swear on my life, and she would corroborate this, I told her, I was like, it is going to be the wrong horse. It's not going to feel like, oh, of course, this makes so much sense. It's not going to make sense, but it will. And I was like, you're going to end up with some weird breed combination cross thing. And I don't know where that came from. I just, I had a feeling and I told her that. And um, she was like, yeah, I don't know. And so we come home with a Bay Irish warm blood and, um, you know, or Irish sport horse, I guess is what they're called, um, who is a warm blood. And um, he came home and he was fine, but there were some questionable things happening, and he ended up having um, some problems bucking because, um, you know, Sunny isn't the most steady rider, um, so sometimes she gets a little bit handsy, and he was like, no thank you. Understandably so, but, um, you know, she needed something that could handle that and her trainer didn't feel like it was a good fit and so we sold him to some people well I wasn't really a part of it but um they sold him to some people I think either locally or from Texas or something um with a little bit more younger more refined rider um that wanted to compete on him and liked him so um yeah it has been horse selling horse selling horse selling but 
Uh, and you guys know that's not my favorite thing in the world, but I did understand in those circumstances where it's a matter of Sunny's safety and she is not going to just simply be the best, most quiet rider ever. I mean, how many injuries has she had? So um, she ended up um, horseless for a little while and she was riding one of her trainer's school ponies. And then um, she called me one day and she was like, Jill, I was on Facebook last night and I found this horse and I'm in love with him and I'm, I'm going to buy him. And I was like, oh my God, okay, that's so fast. And it ended up being an, get this, an 18 hand Russian warm blood Appaloosa cross. <laughs> so um, he is, I think he's seven and they did all the x-rays and everything and the vet was so impressed with how clean his legs were for a horse that big and you know for his age you know usually by seven big old warm bloods like that have some amount of arthritis or deterioration somewhere and he was totally fine the vet was like i think you need to pull his shoes he could go barefoot he is He's been the most polite and honest good boy. Like, I I think that you're going to love this horse. And his name's Wiley. And so she she shipped him home, and he has been an absolute dream. He's so cool to ride. I have a video up on my YouTube right now about it um, from the uh, House of Horses Helsinki unboxing video. And, uh, oh, my God, he's just the coolest horse. He's absolutely perfect. And he's absolutely what I said, that he would be totally wrong. So, very cool story. Um, I don't know where that little bit of intuitive insight came from, but um, we're going to thank the universe because the second she described him to me, I was like, that's the horse because it's wrong. <laughs> and that may sound superstitious or woo-woo, but that was my gut and I had to trust it. It was one of those things like when I said that it's going to be the totally wrong horse, I, I it didn't feel like it came from me. It felt like it, like I how would I know that? <laughs> like, and why would I say that? It just, it, it came from beyond. <laughs> um, and it was right after we had both talked to an animal communicator, which I actually did live on this podcast. Um, so maybe it was, I had unlocked some senses. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, so now we've got him and she's cooking with Crisco. Is that the expression? Cooking with baking oil, chicken grease, food um anyway she's cooking she's doing great with them absolutely adores him he she is like super in love with this horse which makes me so happy because she has not connected to a horse in a long time since she lost her heart horse um due to an injury that just wasn't gonna get better so um really really excited for her and you know so all of that to say that's what accelerated us moving so she got him in and she was like, I want to ride. I don't want to ride at the Bismarck farm. I want to ride at the new farm with my indoor arena and all the trails. And we're building an outdoor arena eventually if the freaking uh, arena guy will ever get back to us. But um, so she was like, I just want to be at the new farm and get moved already. So I was like, oh my God, okay. So then it was like, okay, Wiley's coming home this week and now you're moving next week. So we got the painters in uh, my house. So um, like there are two houses on property and I'm in one of them, the smaller one. And um, so we got the painters in here. We got the floor guys in here and they knocked it out. And then it was my turn. <laughs> so um, 
I can't even begin to remember how long ago that was. Oh, okay. Well, I have my calendar in front of me. On May 7th, me and my mother and my grandmother came up to the new house um, and just cleaned. We cleaned so much. And it was absolutely foul in here. It was so gross. Everything was like covered in like sticky glued together practically dog hair like just dirt and grime on everything it was foul and so I mean we cleaned all day long and then on Saturday we loaded everything up and some trailers that my dad had and all of our cars and brought all my stuff over here we did it in one trip which was impressive um and so I didn't have my car for a while because I was driving um my parents truck and so it's just been a lot of stuff like that, <laughs> just having different cars. And initially when I went to go get the truck and the little trailer that is just like a storage moving trailer, um, I had a flat on the way here. I've had so much car trouble lately. Like it just never ends. It's either a flat or something's wrong with my engine or I don't know. And it doesn't matter what car I'm in, just whatever car I'm driving has an issue. So um, anyway, all of that to say we got everything in here and then it has taken me about until this week to unpack so for reference it is the 25th of may and i brought all my stuff over here on the 8th of may so trying to get settled and find out what things i'm missing and what things i need um you know where does everything go what could be there <laughs> and how to get everything hung and sorted and it's just been a mess trying to get figured out. And on top of all of that, we were supposed to have internet here before I moved in, which to remind you, May 8th, it's May 25th currently, <laughs> and we were supposed to have internet before I moved in, and we still don't have it because the freaking internet guys around here are just, oh my god, they are not on top of it. And there is literally no Wi-Fi, no nothing out here. Um, I'm Obviously, I don't need internet just to record this and GarageBand on my computer, but to upload it, I'm using my dad's work hotspot because I killed the hotspot on my phone, um, and I went over my data for that, and then I went over the extra data. So now my phone only works pretty much in areas that are not, um, quote-unquote, highly congested areas. So um, otherwise, my like web pages just won't load. So super fun. But um, thankfully, I have his work hotspot, and um, I'm having to use it sparingly, though, because it is for work and not for his daughter that doesn't have internet. But um, I'm hoping that they're going to get it together here soon, because I start class on the 1st of June uh, for my summer classes, which are only four weeks long. So I can't be, like, just not having internet that whole time. Uh, sorry, burping. For some reason, talking a lot and really fast uh, makes me burp. <laughs> um... But yeah, so we are moved and I am finally settled in here. Um, it feels kind of weird. Like, I don't know, when I drive around, I'm like, this just isn't, isn't my home. I don't know. It's, it's funny because I had that same feeling when I moved in at the Bismarck farm. Um, it was just like, I would drive around and look and be like, this isn't where I live. <laughs> like, I don't like it. But then I lived there for, I think, close to three years so, I mean, it just became like, this is, this is my place. This is where I work out of. And now here, this farm is absolutely stunning and beautiful, but it just, it hasn't started to feel like home yet. Um, and so it's, it's only 40 minutes away from the other farm and the 
like hot springs town that's in between um bismarck and royal which is where this farm is now um is like it's it's the same town <laughs> like nothing has really changed i'm just on the opposite side now but it still just feels kind of weird i'm not really adjusted to it yet so um kind of working through all of that trying to still get settled um and then pretty much after i got moved in that weekend um we moved um the horses and well actually the weekend that i was moving i still had to feed the horses at the other farm so I got moved in and then had to drive all the way back out there 40 minutes to feed those horses, then come back. And then I had to do that again, drive out <laughs> and uh, feed and then drive back and then drive out and feed and then drive back on the Sunday. So I have just been driving like a mofo lately. Like, ugh. And then the next day, me and Sunny went back to the farm to get our two cows and we brought them out here. And then um, I ran some errands with my mom. And then on the 13th, which was that Thursday, um, we moved half of the horses. And the next day we moved some of the others. Um, so I think we have 11 out here right now. I think so. Um, which is Wiley, Teddy, Ben, Archer, Lexi, Homer, Sugar, um, Zoe, Amber, uh, Rosie, Leo 2, and uh, we still need to get the other Leo and Darla, which were the ones that we were going to move first. And then um, we're going to get the other half of the horses when um, the people that normally feed, because the people that normally feed are still in Bismarck because their kids go to school there. So they're still feeding the other half of the horses there. And then they'll be moving up here um, in the area to come feed these horses and, um, they'll be doing that dot, dot, dot sentence finish, but they're waiting on their kids to get out of school. So hopefully around the first of next month, um, or in the middle of next month, they'll be moving to their new place and getting settled and everything. And then they'll take over feeding for me. So hopefully by the end of June, I will no longer be feeding AM and PM and can really focus more on riding and training because, Man, since we moved, I have just had such a hard time motivating myself to go do anything other than feed the horses. Um, I just, I'm so drained lately and just, ugh. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it, but my body just doesn't feel good, which is why I'm getting the aforementioned blood work. But anyway, so hopefully we'll be getting the other half of the horses um, by the end of the month. Um, I think within two weeks, my boss is getting her new trailer. So uh, it's a stock trailer and we're just going to load the babies up on that so they can ride loose um, and not have to worry about tying them right now. And um, the because our other trailers that we have right now, they would have to be tied because it's too dangerous for them to turn around. Um, so we were just like, you know what, we'll just wait and do it that way because that's the only way they've ever ridden. Like when they were babies, when we picked them up from the vet, um, they just rode loose. And so we're doing that bought a trailer that will be safe for it and um very excited about that because it'll also be like a perfect trailer for me to you know work with them more on loading and tying and getting comfortable in there and everything like that so um we'll be bringing them out hopefully in like two weeks two to three weeks um and then i'll have the babies here god i miss them so much i feel like i haven't seen them in forever and realistically i saw them like uh last weekend 
but I still miss them. <laughs> Little Astro, Azula, Sterling, and Dexter, and Simba. Oh my god. I don't think I've talked about him on the podcast. Azula's mom, uh, Lady, had Simba, her new cult. He is out of her, I'm superior to, and by Mo for the money. So we're calling him Simba. And uh, very, very excited about him. He's so cute. He looks like a carbon copy of Azula. But um, yeah, so I, he's feral at this point. I haven't had any chance to work with him because I live 40 minutes away from him now. But um, he's very, very cool. And he's as cute as stinker. So I'm excited to get to know him a little bit more and work with him um, and get him to where I can touch him. <laughs> but yeah, so... Um, that pretty much covers everything like that. Um, except the last point that I'll say pretty much on the farm and the move and everything is that Zoe, um, we created this little like, um, sectioned off paddock with some round pin panels. So she would still have a shelter, but not be in a full turnout yet because we were supposed to wait till the end of the month. But, uh, this last week it was just straight downpour every single day. So that little pen with her and her mother in there just turned into a pig pen, like straight mud. And so, um, I ended up texting her surgeon and explained the situation and he was like, go ahead and turn her out. So she's out in a gigantic pasture now is very, very happy. And now the only thing I have to worry about is ticks in her ears. So I think I'm gonna get her a fly mask with ears on which I hate to keep those on them all the time but she just gets the ear ticks so bad (laughs) so anyway I think that is about it but very exciting that she is out 24 7 now um but yeah now let's see what else is on my little list here so let's stay on the topic of Zoe for a little bit so Um, when she was in the stall, I was kind of panicking a little bit about how nervous she was just because like I hadn't gotten, you know, her buddy situation sorted out. And even when I did move her mom in there, anytime her mom would leave the back window, she was uncomfortable. And Amber did such a good job of like standing next to her. Um, and so much so that the guy that feeds had to put Amber's bucket behind Zoe's stall because she wouldn't leave her. Um, so now I'm like, great. (laughs) They're totally not codependent at all. Um, but you know what? They're herd animals. That's how they're supposed to be. So I can't really fault them for that, but it is annoying for like, I want to ride. <laughs> um, but that will be something we'll have to gradually work on here. Um, but yeah, so when she was all anxious and worked up, I made a post about it and Adele Shaw, the willing equine, um, she reached out to me and she was like, Hey, here's some supplement ideas that you might, you know, look into. And I was like, well, I trust Adele. I am not going to look into them. I am just going to buy them. <laughs> so um, I put Zoe on a supplement called Quietex 2. And I really think that helped a lot in bringing her anxiety and energy levels down. Um, I haven't seen a calming supplement ever work like that. But at the same time, I can't vouch that it like 100% works because, you know, a lot of that could have also been due to just not feeling as painful with, um, you know, she was on a lot of butte, but also like her back has to feel better because they cut the proprioceptive ligaments in her back. So she can, from my understanding, cannot feel her back at the moment. So, um, and will likely not ever be able to. So kind of funky, kind of scary, but apparently it has a very high success rate. So we're just going to have to see how Zoe does with it. But, um, 
Yeah, she is much calmer, much relaxed. Um, I think a tub of the supplement was like 70 or $78 or something like that. Um, so not keen on keeping her on it um, because I also had her on a supplement called Lifeline Plus by Stride Animal Health. They talk about it a lot in the ulcers episode of the Feed Room Chemist. If you're interested in that, it's like towards the beginning of the podcast, um, like one of their earlier episodes. Uh, where they talk about that and why it's potentially better and likely is better than omeprazole-based products like uh, GastroGuard and UlcerGuard. And also comparatively, it is much cheaper and just helps maintain that gut health uh, without disrupting any other things in their body, uh, which is the uneducated way of telling you what it is. (laughs) So if you're interested, go look at that. But I've got her on that right now. And um, I had her on that the Quietex too as well. So I weaned her off the Ulcer Guard or Gastro Guard and put her on those two. And now that we've moved, I've taken her off the Quietex too and got her started on a CBD supplement from Miko's Choice. That's M-I-K-K-O-S Choice. Um, Adele also recommended that one. And she said... Um, you know, it was, a, it was a good CBD supplement. And I was like, I don't know anything about CBD. And I've always been very skeptical. So I was like, you know what, let's give it a shot and see what happens. So um, I believe the aim of the CBD supplements is to alleviate joint pain, reduce stress and anxiety, um, and really just both of those things, you know, help with inflammation and things like that. So um, I reached out to them because I saw that they were on Instagram and I was like, well, maybe we could make this a (laughs) win-win. And so I reached out to them and they were like, of course, yeah, let's see if we can work together, you know, try it for a little bit, like use one tub and then we'll see if we want to work together. So um, I really appreciate that instead of just being like, yeah, okay, we'll send you a tub a month for eight posts. But they were very reasonable about it and just requested that, um, you know, I do a post and a story share and then we'll work out, um, everything else from there. So, um, yeah, very exciting to get to try that because like I said, I've always been kind of skeptical of CBD products, but it is everywhere and everybody seems to love it. But from my understanding, it all varies. It depends on like what type of CBD it is. So I don't know if you want to learn more about the Miko's Choice, they do have a website. Um, and I am working with them, but this is not a paid ad. So, um, that like don't worry about <laughs> if you're if you're interested in learning more you can go to their website at mikoschoice.com i believe um they're also on instagram and you can find their website from there but they have all their information and their story and i just i really love like the business side of it because it's a a women-led business it um is named after the owner's blm rescued mustang that you know she was told to put down and was the inspiration behind the whole company and everything and it's just like it's really cool so give it a give it a check out if you're interested but anyway i'm interested and excited to see how zoe does on it because i can physically hear her pop when she walks so i'm like you know if it's early in the morning and she's stood for a second when she moves like her knees go So I'm excited to see if, you know, that might decrease a little bit and it may not be fair to expect the supplement to do that, but you know, it'll be an interesting thing to keep an eye on. So yeah, she's got lots of fun new gadgets. Uh, We have an equilibrium back massager pad that me and my boss went in on together. 
um, because those things are expensive. Um, So we got one of those. I got her uh, the Murdoch Method Surefoot Pads. Um, It's the full physio pad, I believe. It's double-sided. A fun fact, I cannot get her to step on it on her own. (laughs) So, um, and I've tried like leading her over it because she knew mat training, but it's, it kind of defeats the purpose when she doesn't just walk on it organically and get comfortable. She like is like, I've stepped on it now. (laughs) So um, I'm going to have to work with her on that quite a bit. Um, And she also has back on track hawk boots that I bought forever ago and some, Incrediware ones that I won in a contest, actually. Um, but yeah, so she's got everything. I've got back on track saddle pads on the way. I'm looking into what I need to do saddle wise because, um, you know, I just like, God, it's so unfortunate. We, before her kissing spine diagnosis, we ordered a jump saddle and I got it in the mail, like, I think a couple of months after her diagnosis. So now I have this jumping saddle <laughs> that is custom or semi-custom to my horse, but does not, f- is not ever going to be used on her. I mean, I guess like if I went on trails or something, like I could theoretically throw it on her, but I guess I'm just going to use it on the other horses and see if I can't get it to, you know, fit. Hopefully it'll fit somebody, um, but probably not perfectly, which is unfortunate because um, as you guys know, I'm taking the saddle fit for life um, certified equine ergonomist course, um, which I've had to take a break from because obviously I don't have internet and also, um, there's just some move and everything. I haven't been able to even look at it in the past like two months. So I'm trying to kind of do what I can with other courses because they don't really require internet. Like some of them I'm able to like save the page or like take a screenshot of it and then, um, do the work from there. So I don't have to use internet. Um, but the Saddle Fit for Life course has videos and stuff that I have to have internet to stream. So, um, I am taking a pause on that until I get it, but I'm hopefully going to be able to resume that in June and, um, post more about it for you guys. But from my understanding, it is, um, very, very, very difficult to fit saddles. Like if you have a saddle fitter come out and measure your horse's wither and go, yep, it's a medium wide, let's get that ordered, I would be scared. Because <laughs> uh, there's so much more that goes into it, like so much. And um, from what I've heard from talking with the um, head of Saddle Fit for Life and um, you know, doing my own research within the program and listening to other podcasts and stuff, it seems that saddles are getting shorter and shorter to, um, you know, avoid the lumbar spine because as we breed horses, we're breeding sport horses with shorter backs. So we're trying to accommodate that by not touching the lumbar spine, but then the saddles panels aren't big enough to distribute the rider's weight. And there's so many horses suffering from kissing spine and back pain and all of this stuff. So I literally could not have picked a better uh, brand to be working with at this time. And that's why they reached out to me in the first place. So um, it's very possible that at some point I will be working with a brand that has, um, you know, the ability to do asymmetrical fitted saddles. Um, There's actually a really good episode, I believe, on the Equine Body Talks podcast about um, why asymmetrical fit is so important. Of course, you can take the Certified Equine Ergonomist course to learn that information as well. And I'm sure Schleza has videos on um, YouTube about it. 
And I've read several posts. I think Saddle Fit for Life on Instagram or Facebook has tons of posts about why it's so important. And I've talked to Sonia, um, the head of it personally, and she um, has explained to me at length why it's so important. And I don't feel super comfortable talking about it at the moment. Um, and I'm, I might see if I could get her or if she knows somebody that would want to come on the podcast and talk about things like that with me um, to give you guys some more information on it. But frankly, it seems very overwhelming to me <laughs> to constantly have to have your saddle refitted to keep up with, um, you know, the horse's changing body. But um, the gist of it is that if you have a perfectly uniform, even-sided saddle, well, all horses are going to be asymmetrical. Think about yourself. Your dominant arm is probably a lot stronger than your non-dominant arm, and your trapezius muscle might be a little bit bigger. Your bicep might be a little bit bigger. So um, that also affects your the muscles around your scapula, the longinismus dorsi, which is that big muscle that runs down either side of your spine, And so the horses are the same way. If you take an aerial picture of your horse, one shoulder is going to be bigger than the other. So if you fit a perfectly symmetrical, even saddle to an unfitted back or um, an asymmetrical back, a symmetrical saddle to an unsymmetrical back, you're going to be creating uh, uneven pressure. So obviously, say the horse has a weak left shoulder and a strong right shoulder. So if you put an even saddle on a very slopey left shoulder and a big bulgy right shoulder, the saddle's going to slope to the already weak side, creating pressure there. So the right side is going to have to work even harder and become an even bigger muscle. And the left side's not going to get worked properly. So using an asymmetrical fit keeps the saddle in full contact, comfortable, not creating any pressure points on the horse's back and allows them to develop those muscles. But the caveat is you have to keep the saddle changing um, which makes a lot of sense. (laughs) So, um, hopefully that makes sense. I said I wasn't comfortable talking about it and here I am actually talking about it. Um, so sorry for the lie, but, um, hopefully that makes some sense. I would definitely look more into it and not just take my word for it (laughs) because I am by no means a saddle fitter. I am working towards my certification to be an equine ergonomist, but I am not at present. So, um, Definitely do your own research and talk to your saddle fitters about it, but um, it is pretty decently new information, so, um, you know, everybody may not be aware of the science and research that they've been doing around it, Um, so be apprised. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so, yeah, that's where I'm at on saddle fitting, one of you guys asked about that, so, um, yeah. Oh, I didn't answer the feeding question all the way. So Zoe's getting a scoop of Blue Bonnet Intensify X Factor, which is a low NSC feed. Um, we might be switching over to their 101 Diet Balancer because they have so much grass out here now, but we've got to get our grass tested and do all of that, which is so stressful because, oh my God, it's so hard to know what your grass actually has in it because it changes and it could be different in the same exact field with the same exact conditions. It could be slightly different just because of who knows why, um, area to area. So I don't know. I'm very stressed out about that. And it makes me anxious every time I think about it. So I'm trying not to, but, um, anyway, so that is where I'm at with saddle fitting and hopefully I will be able to do something that is going to be comfortable, uh, for Zoe that, um, I'm, I will be so sad (laughs) to get rid of my, 
my saddles. So I, I might hang on to them um, just because I can use them on other horses, even though it won't be perfect. But, you know, like sales horses, it sucks, but I'm not going to be able to buy a custom saddle to each of those horses and then refit and refit and refit when they're going to go on to somebody else who will then be able to, um, you know, do that full level of customization. But a saddle fit is so freaking important because you might end up with a horse like me that has severe back issues. Not that poor saddle fit can give a horse kissing spine. Um, it certainly doesn't help. Um, and from the book I'm reading right now called Core Conditioning for Horses, um, it's by, I believe, Victor Kusk. Hold on, I have it right next to me. Ooh, can't reach. It's by Visconti Simon Cocosa might be butchering the pronunciation a little bit, but um, I recommend that everybody, everybody, everybody get that book, especially if you're working with young horses, developing horses, off the track horses, something like that. Um, I would really recommend getting this book because like I'm only a chapter in and the amount of things that I did not know that I know now or things I hadn't considered is insane. I shared a lot of it to my Instagram story uh, a while back, but it's, it is worth your money. So there's that. And now I'm looking into those exercises and um, how I can help strengthen and keep Zoe's back up and maintained. And it actually talks a lot about kissing spine because if, um, you know, I've used the bridge example in the past, like imagine like a wood planked rope bridge that's sagging in the middle. And if you apply support from underneath, which would be the horse's core, it can lift up and separate those boards out and give them some some space. So, uh, you can't strengthen the top line without strengthening the core. So that will be our plan for Miss Zobird. Um, any changes on whether or not I'm riding her? I will definitely be riding her. It's part of the, um, rehab process. Um, I think that you're so possibly supposed to like fully start the rehab at 45 days post-op and then um, at 90 days, you can start riding. So it'll depend on her whether or not I think she's ready to um, go back under saddle at that 90-day mark, but we're going to see. Um, I am very, very stressed, full disclosure, about getting her back in shape because I have not been diligent about working with the horses lately. I don't know what my issue is, but I'm having... Like, I just feel so run down all the time. I'm having a gigantic issue staying on top of working with the horses and being diligent about it. And I'm really, really afraid. And like, I, I can't let myself because I will literally ruin her life. <laughs> but um, the rehab is just as important as the surgery with, when it comes to kissing spines. So um, being diligent about her is a must. So I'm like terrified because sometimes old ADHD brain says, mm, not today. And uh, I do not want that to cost me my horse again. So um I'm just going to have to buck up and make a schedule and stick to it. But yeah, that's that for now. Um, training goals with her are really just to get her back into work, under saddle, healthy, confident, happy. Um, I've got some, some things that I want to work on, like trick and training-wise. Um, but really the biggest goal is just to get her confident enough to like go on trail rides, <laughs> which sounds so like, who cares? But we have so many trails out here, like so many awesome trails. 
And historically, she has not been fun to ride on trails. So it will just be a matter of progressively getting her more and more acclimated and working with her, getting her more confident. Um, and yeah, so that is the plan with that. And um, yeah, I, and I also really want to like get really fancy with dressage with her. Ideally, you know, we get to a point where we can do it bridalless. And when I restart her, that might be something I focus on because I just don't want to, you know, just do traditional flat blah, dressage. Like I want it to be fun and spicy. So, um, but that is going to take some effort, <laughs> but we'll see. So I've been listening to a lot of the, uh, clicker training horses 101 podcast with Shauna Karish about how to create engagement and collection and things like that in the saddle with positive reinforcement. So, um, and she makes it sound so easy and attainable. <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna give that a go. I gotta find a place around these parts to set up a reverse round pin. Might just do it in her field, honestly. Um, but cause that is where it begins. So we'll see. Um, <laughs> somebody also asks like, uh, what my future plans are and like, am I getting more horses right now? Azula is the only one, um, which brings me to my Lexi update. So we are actually taking Lexi tomorrow to, um, Sunny's trainer because she really does not want me to have Lexi be my first experience breaking a horse in or starting a horse under saddle. So, um, we talked about it and she was like, I'm really just not comfortable. And I was like, I promise I can do it. <laughs> I know that I can. I will use positive reinforcement. I will go at Lexi's pace and I will not ever put my foot in the stirrup if I don't think that she's going to be hundred percent confident. And, uh, my boss just was really, really adamant because Lexi is a spicy little thoroughbred filly, but I, she's just ignorant. She doesn't know anything. So of course she's going to be a little bit more flighty than others, but she was just really adamant and not comfortable with it. And it's at the end of the day, it's not my horse. So <laughs> there's nothing I can do about it. And, um, so I was like, okay, let me start the boys then. So, uh, she was like that, that is a deal I will make. So. Astro and Dexter are set to be, you know, my first getting started with, um, you know, young horses that have never been under saddle before, but that won't be until years from now because they are just yearlings. So, um, they will not be started under saddle from my understanding until late in their three-year-old year. That's what, that's what the plan is now, but we'll see. Um, hopefully we can wait it a little bit longer, but I also don't know how long I'm going to be here because I'm kind of doing my master's program and getting a <laughs> degree in that. So, um, I might have like a actual job. I don't know. Ugh, that part of my life I cannot even focus on right now. Not the like school master's program thing, but like what is going to come after that? Uh, because, oh my God, I don't know. But yeah, so, um, that's where we're at with Lexi. I went ahead and deleted the Lexidos and Theory account because I'm uh, just haven't used it and I'm not going to be because I'm not going to be starting her under saddle. So um, that's just not happening. So um, she was like, when she gets broke in, then we'll bring her back and you can ride her and do all of the like post training stuff. But, you know, I, I want Alex to start her. So that's what's happening, um, which is fine. Like, I mean, I don't really have time right now to be trying to break in uh, or get started under saddle. I'm so used to saying break in, but I don't even like it. Um, get her started under saddle right now because I've got all the babies and the horses that have already been started that need to be 
um, you know, developing their education. I just feel so busy and low energy all the time. Oh my God. And I can't express to you guys how much I wish I lived off property because it is so difficult for me to just be like, yeah, I'm going to go outside and work because then I just end up back in my house not doing anything. So, ugh, frustrating. But anyhow, I'm hoping that I'm going to get it together because I will have actual genuine helpers out here soon. Um, some girls will be helping me this summer, um, you know, work with the horses and things like that. So I'm very excited to have help because I think a lot of it is just I'm so lonely out here. <laughs> like, um, not in that, like, I don't have people, but nobody's riding with me. And I really miss, like, having that atmosphere to have people to work around and with and just, like, it's so boring when it's just you and like 10 horses and it's just a daunting task and you're like well what if I die and nobody's out here so um yeah <laughs> that's that's where that's going but I will have people soon that'll be out here every day with me and I am very excited about that um speaking of people that are out here with me uh my doggo is officially living with me Miss Myla Bean she is back in action um we have like a little fenced yard for her to stay in um you know, during the day or, um, when she's dirty <laughs> right now, she's inside with me laying under my desk right now. Um, and she's been really good. We did bring the barn cats out here and she has matured a lot. She lived with my family for a little while and lived inside with their cat and, um, squirrel is the cat's name, <laughs> which is ironic for a dog squirrel. So she, she would wander around outside and Mila was really good with her and didn't do bad things. So for those of you that don't know, Mila did in fact end up um, ending the life of a small kitten named Spaz, which was very sad and awful. But um, so she got kicked out of the last farm, but this farm does have a fenced yard that she can stay in. Um, but I've had her out and running around with me while I feed and stuff. I just have to keep a really close eye on her. Um, and she can't go out without me paying attention to her. So, um, which makes sense because I don't want any of the cats to die either. And we've been working on it here and there. So, um, she has amazing recall now. <laughs> so it's, she's grown up a lot since the incident, but yeah. So there's those updates. Um, the la I had the baby's update written down here, but, um, I pretty much just gave it. Everybody's stagnant and will be coming at the end of, um, hopefully at the end of the month, but, you know, maybe like in the first couple of weeks of June, um, we'll have them out here, but, um, I was going to say something. I just had a thought. Oh, Azula. Okay. So, um, Azula is currently set to go to race training in November. However, she is very small still. So um, Sunny was like, if she doesn't get any bigger, she's not going. And I was like, okay, well, then you're probably just going to wait until like January to send her, right? And she was like, well, I don't know. I mean, so just we're going to fingers cross between you and me, listener here, um, that Azula just doesn't grow until she's like two and then hits a gigantic growth spurt. <laughs> because I am a tall girl and I need a tall pony. So, um, we're, we're hoping for that. Okay. Just between you and me. It's, it's fine. Sunny also knows I'm hoping for that. Um, but yeah, I really don't want her to go to race training. I don't think that would be fun, but, um, I am fully intent on having her as my own. <laughs> so there's that. Um, 
but yeah, so that's the plan right now. Um, we don't know if she's going or not. It's all going to depend on how much she grows between now and then. She could end up really big. She could not. We'll see. But yeah, so plans for the other horses right now. The training horses are Ben, Archer, uh, Leo, Homer, and Teddy. And then Lexi will get broken and then she'll come back to be a sales horse. Um, I have also decided to step away from that one because I need to stop collecting horses. I love Lexi and I think she is a fantastic little horse, but I do not need more. So I have removed myself and decided to only claim Azula. <laughs> and so I will keep her at arm's length and work with her um, as if she is any other sales horse. But um, she deserves her own person that can devote, you know, all of their time to her. Um, so hopefully that'll happen for Alexidos because she's so freaking cool. I That filly is just incredible. So, you know, after she gets broke to ride, then she'll... Um, she'll be up for sale and I'll be working with her to get her kind of moved along in her training. Um, and also a very exciting thing is I it was supposed to happen this week. I haven't heard any updates, so we'll see if it does, but Straticus, who I posted about a little while ago, um, I believe you can find him under the hashtag Straticus IPC. That's S T R A T I C U S I P C. Um, he just absolutely grew up and blossomed into a beautiful boy. And he is coming home this week because he's ran three races and has come in dead last every single time. He is not a racehorse. And thank God because he is stunning. And I'm so excited to have him home because, oh my God, he's so gorgeous. Like, oh, so pretty. And I'm very excited to work with him. So we'll have him and then Ben and Archer and Teddy, of course, and then Leo and Homer. So, um... They are all looking great and, you know, just filling out in all the right areas on all this grass. And um, it's just, it's so much nicer to have them here than in those paddocks that were just absolutely destroyed with all the dead grass and mud and ugh, gross. So much better environment for the old ponies and they are loving life. So there's that, there's that, there's that, there's that. So we are an hour already. So I think I'm going to go ahead and swap up topics here. So um, let's get into me slash human things. Why don't we? Are you guys excited? I'm excited. Okay, so actually, fun fact, I ended up taking a break to eat food. And then my boss called me and she's like, can you pick up my son from school? So I had to do that. And then I got back and then I had to eat again because I was hungry and um, then I had to feed all of the horses and then I had to clean out her trailer because we're using it tomorrow to go do what we have been needing to do for so long but have not had the opportunity. Finally, we're going to go take her big like three horse gooseneck trailer back to the Bismarck farm and load it up with all the tack room stuff like all the saddle stands and shelves and saddles and tack and equipment and all that shebang and bring all that out here um so very excited about that but I had to clean the trailer because it was gross and we don't want to be setting saddles and things in poo and shavings so cleaned that out and the tack room here is all ready to go uh we just got to get all that stuff and then I'm going to hang it in a very feng shui way. Um, so yeah, now now we can get into the me slash human side of 
this episode uh, going on over an hour here. So, because I am physically incapable of making a podcast shorter than two hours, so let's, let's, why not, you know? So, actually, I lied. Before we get into that, I wanted to share today, um, when I got back uh, to this farm, uh, I actually had to pick up my boss's kid from school because uh, she was at a lesson and she brought her trailer back uh, to this farm, so I brought him back here and... Uh, when, when I was, you know, getting my check or whatever for the week, I looked up and it was sprinkling out and I was like, I don't see Zoe in her shelter. And then all of a sudden here she comes cantering across the field to her shelter because homegirl does not like rain. So she, um, was cantering and oh my God, it was the most beautiful canter I've ever seen her do. It was relaxed and sauntery. Like she was just sauntering through the field and um her tail was not swishing and twitching and her back was loose and she was like stretchy over her top line she looked like a little western pleasure horse her like nose was you know like a little above knee height um she just looked very comfy and happy and it was like the first time i think i've ever looked at zoe and been like that's a canter i would like to ride (laughs) so exciting um but a tangent so Um, moving into the actual human things that I've said that I'm going to do three times now and have not. So the first thing that you guys said that you wanted to know about was like coping with the stress of moving, um, houses. So not only did we move horses to the new farm here, we also moved me. So many of you know from the YouTube video I did, um, of like showing you guys my tiny house that I moved into that and lived there for I think almost three years and now I am living on a in an actual house (laughs) it's like a little guest house cabin thing on the farm and it is I think three times the size of where I was before so uh this is my first time that getting to record an episode in an office like I actually have a legitimate office now I've got my little office desk set up and a cat tower in here, of course, and my makeup desk and everything. So I don't get makeup all over where I'm like trying to work with, you know, papers and journals and all of that for business things. So very exciting about that. I'm hoping to get like a little podcasting area set up, but you know what? I might just not because I'm quite comfy where I'm at right now. But anyway, um, Yeah, so coping with the stress of moving, oh my god, it was so much. I mean, like I said, we had to clean the schnot out of this place. And um, then trying to get everything situated, it just took forever. And I spent so much money. Like, I have never spent money like that in my life. But um, I guess that's what savings is for. Just kidding, it's not. Don't spend your savings, kids. Um, (laughs) But anyway, I... It just was like, I really want a place to make or to make the place my own because I had such a hard time in the tiny house because, you know, my living room, my kitchen and my office was in the same room. <laughs> like all of that was one thing. And then my bedroom was also my closet. And uh, I literally only slept and changed clothes in there. And then, of course, the bathroom. And that was it. And this house has several more rooms so the division of activities is much easier for me like I can go relax in the living room sleep in my bedroom and work 
and do things like that in my office. So very, very grateful and excited to be here and just doing the thing, you know? So very exciting in that regard. Um, And you guys wanted to know what my daily life looks like. So right now it's not what it's going to be. So I might have to do like a little update later. Uh, And, you know, I'll probably do like a come to work with me vlog at some point or something like that. But um, essentially, I get up there for a while. I was waking up at 6 a.m. on my own. I don't know what happened, but I think it screwed me up because now I'm very tired all the time and I have a hard time getting up at 8. So I don't know what my body's on, but it's not a circadian rhythm. (laughs) So um, anyway, so like this morning, I got up at 8, fed the horses, came back inside and took a shower, ate, and then, you know, the rest of my day from there. So, um, it's pretty much just whatever I can find to do in the middle of the day. I haven't been riding or working with the horses yet. Um, like I said, I think it's just largely due to being alone so often. Like I've got Myla now, you know, my big barky German shepherd (laughs) who's doing really well. And, um, you know, she's just much more mature and dealing with the cats super well. So, um, it's been a couple hours since I recorded this episode, so I'm not sure if I talked about Lila yet. Um, but anyway, I've got her. So, I mean, like, I feel safe and everything. It's just I don't have, um, like, people to do things with. Like, I'm used to having a barn. And, um, you know, I grew up with a barn and people to work with me and ride with me. And, like, I don't know. It's just, like, it felt more like a community. And, <coughs> Sorry. Now it's just like, um, I have to like go do all this by myself, but thankfully we have, um, you know, the girls, I can't remember if I talked about this or not. I had a very similar conversation with my boss earlier. So now I'm like confused if I said that on the podcast or if I was just talking to her, but, um, anyway, so we got some girls that are going to come help me like catch horses and get them tacked up so I can focus more on the training aspect. And of course, you know, like I will have a hand and, um, tacking up and make sure that the horses are comfortable and happy and like it's done well um but that'll be really fun and Sunny's out here all the time and so it's it's a better situation than it was at the last farm but you know everybody it's just been so crazy with the move because they're constantly like you know we're having to do this or that and like, well, we can't do this until we do this and then this is in the way so we need to move that or we need to rearrange that that's not working and um So also the feeding situation is different because we have three big fields. And I think when we get the entire herd here, it'll be like nine in each field or something like that. So um, feeding that many horses is tricky. And we are trying to go to a forage-based diet, but still like even with decreasing what the horses are getting um, in their regular diets. um, Because, I mean, there's so much grass out here. It's beautiful. But the, um, like, they're still not super thrilled about having others in close proximity. So when I go feed them, I have to go out into each field individually and, like, dump food in buckets. So, um, which is is not a problem for me, but we're going to have to figure something out because the guy that feeds, you know, he's got a a trick knee and a bad back and whatnot. So we're going to have to have to rearrange some things. But, uh, you know, just growing pains and, um... I don't know. We'll get there. It's just figuring out a new system. It is like this every time you move, you know, it's 
nothing's going to be the exact same as it was at the last place, especially since, you know, we had like two horses per field, max five, and now we're going to have nine, which is crazy. But there's so much room. They have space to like get away from each other if necessary. And we'll have to figure out what herds work with who and blah, blah, blah. But we have... We have a tentative plan right now, obviously subject to change on what horses get along with who. So, um, but it's going to be so cool for them to, they're all out 24 seven and living on tons of grass, tons of room and in actual like herds. <laughs> so it's, it's very fun, but, um, they seem to be really, really enjoying it. Like you know, normally when you take horses to a new place, they gallop around for forever. Nobody did that. Literally not, not any of the horses did that. They just like put their heads down and started eating. The only time any horses ran was when Zoe and Amber got to go out in a big field. And then they were like, yes, this is amazing. And it was like 30 seconds and then they were eating. <laughs> so um, anyway, that is my daily life and like kind of how things are going. Um, I just realized I didn't... Uh, handle the coping with stress thing um which is how I've been coping with it is just kind of avoiding <laughs> um I don't know I mean it's I'm not doing super well like I've said a couple times I just feel kind of run down and tired and bored and lonely <laughs> um and my boyfriend comes up here on the weekends but it's still kind of like during the week I'm like oh but hopefully that'll get better as I start riding more consistently and working with the horses and I have um you know the girls to help me but um at present it's just kind of like there hasn't been a routine and nothing stable and also my routine right now is not going to be the same as it will be in a month so it's kind of hard to like to feel settled and comfortable when I know that it's temporary so um I'm hoping in a couple of months you know we'll it'll start to feel like home and I'll have my routine the horses will be settled in They'll know the drill and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I if if I could describe the way that I wish I was dealing with my stress, it would be um, I wish I was meditating more and exercising because exercising gives you all of those good dopamine, serotonin things, uh, neurotransmitters, if you will. But um, I just haven't, it's one of those things that I think about all day long and I kind of kick myself for not doing it. Um, but I, you know what, I'm telling myself, you thought about it. That's what matters right now. And eventually thought turns to action. So hopefully I'll get back into um, working out a little bit more. Um, I've done some artwork and stuff just because I haven't had internet. So it's like a nice way to decompress and, you know, drawing and doing artwork is kind of meditative for me. It's not kind of, it is to just like tune into a podcast and just like relax and doodle something cool for my wall. So um, I've been doing a little bit of that, but I do want to start working out some more. And the biggest thing that is becoming evident is my diet and nutrition. I just eat like a child <laughs> and um, it's not fueling my body well, and I feel like dog shit, and, <clears throat> sorry, I just choked, no foul words in this household, um, <laughs> so I just, I don't feel great, and my skin is not doing so hot, and I just, 
I don't know. I know that there's no evidence that what you eat changes your face, blah, blah, blah. But, like, if you're not good on the inside, you're not good on the outside. And I'm not feeling my body well. And I'm sure that has something to do, not something, but a lot to do with my sleep issues. And which has been better, but still not fantastic. But, yeah, that's another goal of mine um, is to invest in an air fryer since everyone in my life has been harassing me to get one. Um, invest in one of those and start meal prepping so that I have food <laughs> to eat because I have a really um, strong tendency to just grab whatever is easiest and usually that is junk and just not healthy foods and then I end up feeling worse. So um, kind of self-defeating process there. But um, yeah, that is one of my goals. So if any of you guys have like resources that tell you exactly what you need to do so that I don't have to invest brain power into it, that would be fantastic because investing the brain power is where I have have an issue because it's just I don't care about it. So it's hard for me to like want to pour energy into it. And I always joke, I wish I had like a nutritionist that would just come make my food for me and then disappear. <laughs> just be like, here, you're set for the week. Enjoy. Um, that would be my ultimate goal, but I cannot afford to do that. <laughs> so <clears throat> um, anyway, so another question is, how are you doing mentally and physically? Everything can be draining, even if it's good, which is a very true statement. Um because I feel like I fall victim to this and a lot of people do as well. Like when things are going well, you feel guilty for being drained. And um, that's happened a little bit to me that I'm just like, okay, everything is going so well. Why do I feel so bad? And I think it's a combination of the nutrition and all of the change and having to readjust and reorient is just a lot for me. And like, I am enjoying it. I'm very grateful for it. I love the new place. I love my new house. And like, all of that is fantastic. It's just, it's still a big shift in my life. And so, um, you know, constantly having to re-remember this or that is just kind of blowing my mind <laughs> with the, the whole ADHD ordeal. It's very hard for me to do those things anyway. And so right now it's just, you know, figuring out where do I need to put things so that I will not forget them or that they will not expire. <laughs> and uh, like, I went to the crystal mines with the boyfriend the other day and completely forgot that the sun is a thing. Did not put on sunscreen. I wore a hat. I had the forethought to wear a hat so that my face didn't get sunburned because I'm trying to get rid of the scars from my acne and sunlight will increase your pigment. So I, I wore a hat and put sunscreen on my face, but forgot to sunscreen my body. So I'm like, I'm going to have to put my sunscreen in an auspicious location so that I will see it and be more likely to use it. Um, because currently having it up here is not working for me. Maybe I'll just put it in the tack room. That might be, that might be the place for it to go. But, um, yeah, I'm not interested in melanoma and I think my shoulders are going to be the target because wowee, I am freckly up there. Not as freckly as you'd expect, but, um, I don't want to encounter some skin issues. So, um, yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I just feel tired and drained really. Um, it's hard for me to 
because like, okay, here's the self-defeating cycle, right? I'm, I'm not sleeping very well because I'm not eating very well. And then that makes me tired, which makes me not want to do anything, which is not helping me mentally. And then when I'm not mentally there, I'm not, not going to invest energy into eating better or like researching it or, you know, figuring things like that out. So then I'm just stuck in this feedback loop of it spiraling into not feeling good. Which, you know, the first step is awareness (laughs) and from there you can improve. So I am just sort of hoping that I can boost one of those areas that'll boost the rest because I have noticed a strong correlation uh, in that when I start exercising and I'm really active, I get like really disgusted at like sweet sugary foods. It's so weird because I love them. I am a chocolate fiend. And, uh, you know, like sour gummy worms and stuff. That is my shit. But um, I <laughs> I just can't. You know, like when, I, when I'm exercising and I'm active, I think about eating those foods and I'm like, disgusting. So um, it, it helps in that regard. But then I also fall into another trap of like, okay, but I don't know how to eat better. So now I'm disgusted by the things that I eat. And then now what do I do? Um, I'm sorry if this is a lot of talk about eating. I know that's a sensitive topic for some people. So, um, you know, I'm going to quote old Dr. Kirk Honda from the Psychology in Seattle podcast and um, just let you guys know if you are feeling a little bit uncomfortable, you might just skim ahead or, um, you know, take a break from listening. But um, be sure you check in with yourself and like make sure that you're not getting worked up about it because I know that food and eating can be um, a triggering topic, especially for equestrians. Um, but I would be lying if I said I didn't have a little, little dash of body dysmorphia and, um, probably an overthought about food. But, um, for me, it's really just that I I don't like to think about it at all. (laughs) I, I wish there was a magic pill I could take to where I would have all my nutritional and hunger needs met and I wouldn't have to. But, um, from my understanding, food is a very important and connecting um, part of human life. So, um, and I mean, look at our horses. You know, food is a very social thing for them. <laughs> it's just, I have always had a weird relationship with it. It's really common um, in people with ADHD to be picky and um, have an issue with, um, it's just sensory thing, like having issues with texture or smell. Um, it. I don't know. It's just I'm very sensitive to it. So it's hard for me to step outside my normal palate, but it's getting better. I have been trying more things and branching out a bit. But um, anyway, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm hoping that I will be able to step more into that realm and be able to make better dietary decisions here to meet my nutritional needs. I'm very passionate about equine nutrition and Uh, I need to care for myself the same. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm not bad or in a depressive state or anything. I just kind of feel like tired and overextended. Um, but it's been kind of nice to not have internet. Um, like it stresses me out because I'm like, wow, I have so much to do and I can't do it. But at the same time, I'm like, this is kind of nice because, um, you know, I don't have to, like, I can't <laughs> do a bunch of stuff. So it's forcing me to 
do other things like, you know, kind of nest in my house a little bit and make it the way that I want it and all of that stuff. But yeah, so I'm doing all right. That, that is a short answer. <laughs> um, so the next questions, uh, somebody asks, why did we move farms? And also apologize for asking, but it's a, okay. We moved farms because, um, my boss actually, her husband, who is not a horse person and often does not enjoy horses <laughs> and finds them to just be a money pit was like, Hey, look at this super nice farm. I think we should move. And then Sonny was like, are you okay? <laughs> like, And then they were like, all right, let's do it. And she called me and she said, Hey, um, we found a new farm and I think we're gonna, we're gonna buy it. And I was like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> so, um, it is a significant upgrade. And, um, like I've said, it is hopefully going to turn into an event center. Like I said, we're going to build an arena and, um, a cross country course and you know we've got the covered arena and like there's just there's so many things that we could do at this place like have jumper shows or um do little events and stuff it'd be awesome if we could get a recognized event event going out here um so it would just be really cool because we used to have one event here in arkansas up in jacksonville called um jubilee and it was a recognized show and it was like the one that you went to when you were trying to qualify for something or you were trying to get your experience at a new level like if you just moved up to training you would want to go to jubilee first for your move up show and um the owner ended up passing away he was quite old and then the show just kind of fell apart and stopped so now uh we would like to fill that spot which is fun and also not fun because that means I'm going to get doxxed <laughs> myself because I'm the one that will be running the website. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not thrilled about that. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, okay, well, that's what security systems are for. And we have a lot of cameras out here already, but I am like all about getting some more because I have received some very terrifying emails in my time as um, someone on social media. And I don't want a bunch of creepos at my house. So uh, if you're listening, we have lots of cameras. I have a very, very nasty German Shepherd dog. <laughs> She's friendly to people she knows, but she is not friendly to people she does not know. So um, there's that. I'm putting out a public threat. <laughs> Please do not approach me. And um, just because I've seen it happen before, not that I think I'm a giant influencer or anything, but if you do happen to become aware of the location and it's within driving distance, please do not show up at my house or the farm. You will not be welcomed if you would like to come take a lesson or work with your horse or say hi, whatever, sh make an appointment. <laughs> like, we'll, we'll have that all set up when we get going, um, but I will not appreciate unannounced intruders. Thank you and goodbye. <laughs> um, I am just so paranoid about that. You know, uh, you guys know I was raised by a police officer. So um, I've heard all the horror stories, watched way too much NCIS and um, just am not interested in dealing with any of that. So I will not be. <laughs> um, but anyway, that is something that I feel like I've needed, needed to get out there because I 
just have been so nervous about that being public. I'm a, a frightened lady. But um, anyway, okay, so the next topic here is over the love life situation. A lot of you asked about that, I guess, because um, some of you might follow my personal Instagram account, which is jet.trees. And um, Jill.trees, unfortunately, I am locked out of permanently. But um, this one I have posted on quite a bit of Mr. Jacob. He is, is my significant other. Um, so I guess I'll talk a little bit about that because everybody wants to know. So um, a lot of you asked in, uh, well, I think I just talked about it in the episode. Sorry, I'm very burpy. In the episode called Lessons I Learned in Love and Heartbreak, which sounds like a fucking, <laughs> like, a self-help novel. But I, um, I, I talked about in that episode that there was a guy that I met that I was, like, really hopeful about. Um, that ended up not working out. <laughs> so I actually think I took a break. And then I was kind of off and on dating apps from there. And that was in last last February of like 2020, like right before COVID started happening. And um, that might not be true for everyone, but Arkansas is a little behind. (laughs) So um, I I didn't end up pursuing that one. And then I just kind of got off all the dating apps because I was like, it's just not right. It's not the time. I'm still recovering kind of from the fallout of the the one that exploded everything for me. Um, And if you aren't following on that you can go back I think it's in season two and listen to that episode it's I think it's like episode four or five of season two um but that was something that really kind of rocked my world and then I tried again and I was like I just don't feel anything and so I got off all the dating apps and gave it some time and then periodically I just kind of hopped on and off oh I hit my mic hopped on and off dating apps um from there. And I just was like, you know what? No, 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 no. And then September of 2020, I downloaded Hinge. And I think I was also on Tinder and Bumble, which makes me sound super desperate. And that's not untrue. (laughs) I I want love. Okay, sue me. And I lived in Bismarck, Arkansas, which is like a 3000 population. And everybody is over the age of 50. And no offense to the elders out there, but I am not looking to court any of you. (laughs) I prefer people around my age. And so um, it's just, it's not easy to meet people where I lived. And my college is like, A, I was in the master's program by this point. And everybody in the master's program is also old and female. And unfortunately, I am straight. So I could not pursue anyone in the program. There are a few, I think there's like three young guys that I'm aware of, but I, it just wasn't, I'm like, I'm not trying to date in the program that's messy. Um, and I didn't want to date anybody underclassmen because I was just like, no, thank you. I'm tired of college boys. They just, I would like to be with somebody that's kind of already got a job and moving in that direction because I have a, a job, arguably a career that I'm very passionate about already. And it's hard to be with someone who doesn't have something like that because, um, you know, like I'm on social media and I'm 
really like working at all of this. I'm working with the horses. I'm, you know, learning and trying to better myself in that area while also pursuing my master's degree to um, be a therapist or a counselor or a professor or something at some point. So um, like doing all of these things and then dating somebody who's like, yeah, I'm just getting my, my, like, you know, my like bachelor's in uh, mass comm, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like no hate to those people even though I just totally mocked them. Um, but like no hate to those guys, but it just, there isn't that same drive. And then what I've noticed ends up happening is they don't understand what I'm doing and why I'm doing it and why I dedicate so much time to it. And that I'm not always available (laughs) because I'm like, no, I, I have to do this because I want to. And, um, just not being able to understand that or like have any real obligations outside of going to class at 8am, which sometimes, they don't even do that. <laughs> so, um, and I mean, that's not to say that every guy that's an underclass um, or an undergrad is like that. Of course not. But um, that is the trend around my area, the town where my college is located. The people just tend to be very, um, like, unambitious. I mean, it's Arkadelphia, Arkansas. The town is literally called Arkadelphia. Yes, you heard it right. Not Philadelphia. Ark as in Arkadelphia, or as an Arkansas Arkadelphia. So um, it's just kind of a dead little town. Um, and I, I liked my school, but it's just like, uh, there's nothing going on there. And it's very hard to find people that are like really into what they're doing. So that is a long spiel to say I was on dating apps <laughs> to, you know, have a, a wider pool to fish in, I guess. So um Oh, God, I sound like that one guy that, like, talks about having mares that come and go in his stable on TikTok. What is his name? Like, Russell Hartley? Is that his name? Oh, my God, I think I got it. <laughs> okay, anyway, um, if you don't know who that is, feel free to Google his name and watch, like, Curtis Connor or um, Tara Mooney's videos. They're very funny about him. Um, anyway, look at me remembering everyone's name today. <laughs> um, okay, so... Anyway, uh, in September of 2020, I was on Hinge and I think a few other dating apps, and I am not afraid to message first. I am a bold lady, and my if I have any tips and tricks for being successful on dating apps, it is uh, when you when you go to start a conversation, never, ever, ever lead the conversation with "Hi, hey" or "How are you doing." I literally put in my bio. I, uh, something to the effect of, please do not ask me W-Y-D, what are you doing? Because you don't care and neither do I. You don't know me yet. Like, why would you want, why would you ask that? You don't care what I'm doing. Like, get to know me first. Um, so I just hate those questions because they go nowhere. It's like, yeah, I'm working. And even when I did get those questions, I would like try to go into detail to give people something to bounce off of. And they'd be like, cool, yeah, I'm just chilling. (laughs) I'm like, oh my God, I can't. Um, so if in the event that I, uh, you know, like matched with somebody, I would shoot them a message first and I would like pick three things from their profile, either, you know, something that they said or something that I saw in a picture and, uh, make a joke about them or like say something, ask a question about like, give them something to respond to in a very me way. Um, and so I, I did that with a lot of people and oh my God, it makes the weeding out process so, so quick because people that don't get sarcasm and like 
jokes, I guess. Like, I, it's hard for me to believe that there is a genre of human like that. But um, it, like, people that just don't play along and don't get banter, I can't, I can't do it. So, um, <laughs> like, when they would just respond with, like, something boring or, oh, yeah, that's funny, huh? Like, I, I was like, mm, okay, you get a couple more tries and then I, I'm saying no to you, you're boring. Um, or you're not investing any effort and I can't do that either. So, um, <sighs> Twitter notifying me, distracting me. Um, so anyway, um, Mr. Jacob, I matched with him on Hinge and I sent him a message. I forgot what I said, but I did the thing <laughs> and, um, I didn't get a response from him and, um, you know, I had so many matches at the time I didn't notice. So, <laughs> um, I was like, all right, whatever. I, I don't want to do this anymore anyway. Not because Jacob didn't respond, but like there were like, I just wasn't having any luck connecting with anyone. So I deleted the app pretty shortly after I messaged him. I think that was like, oh God, I can't remember, like September 24th or something. It was at the tail end of September and I deleted it pretty shortly after that. And I was off dating apps and I just had this thought in the back of my mind, like, you'll know when you're ready to get back on them because I was on them, but I wasn't really interested in being on them. Like I was trying for the sake of being able to say that I was trying and because I was lonely and I wanted to fill that void. But at the same time, I was like, it's just, I just don't feel like I'm going to be able to like genuinely let someone in at like at the moment. So um, I, I just kind of took the time off through the holidays and focused on myself and my life. And, um, that's when I got really, really, really busy. Cause all I did was pour myself into my work. And, um, then at the end of January, I don't know what happened, but I was just like, you know what? I think I'd like to get back on hinge. I don't want to do Tinder or Bumble because I never have any luck on Bumble. I guess enough people just don't use it down here. Um, but Tinder is just like a cesspool of stupid, lame conversations. So um, I was like, Hinge seems to be a little bit better. So let's rock and roll on that one. And so I just, on a whim, re-downloaded it in January at on like, I think it was like the 26th or something like that. Like it was in the 20s still. And so I re-downloaded it and three days prior to the day that I downloaded it in January, Jacob, uh, had messaged me back <laughs> from September. And, um, it was like the only message that was in my inbox because it hides the old ones. Um, and since he'd messaged me three days prior, it was still in my inbox. And so I opened it and I re-looked over his profile and I was like, nah, he's cute, but like, mm, do I want to? Like it took him a really long time to respond. That was three months. Jeez. And, um, I was like, you know, he's probably in a relationship or something and like didn't work out. Now he's back. So I'm like, what does that mean? And, um, I just, I almost didn't. And I swiped around for a little while and had some other conversations. And then I was like, you know what? What if, like, what if it's one of those university things where it's like, no, here, look, it was at the same time. Like you both didn't have the app for three months and, or am I doing my math right? It's October, November, December, and then January. So almost four months. Um, cause it was at the end of September. My math is correct. Thank you. Um, anyway, so he, uh, he, like, I just thought I was like, what if it's a universe thing though? Like <laughs> that, wouldn't that be like mm, cosmic? Mm. I'm so annoying. Oh my God. <laughs> 
but I just, I thought it would be weird. And I was like, maybe it's a sign. So I messaged him back and then, um, you know, I was like, let's not put all of our eggs in one basket here and continue talking to other people. So I was talking, like having a few different conversations, kind of feeling everybody out. But Jacob was consistently the most funny and interesting conversation. And so I was like, all right, I'm getting a little thirst about this one. So, um, at, at the end of that day, I ended up giving him my phone number and Snapchat and whatnot. And then we just kept texting constantly and, um, Snapchatting and all of that. And then finally, after like two weeks, he asked me out to go on a date and he drove up here. Um, and he lives in North Little Rock, so it was quite the drive for him. And we met at, um, like a little grill in downtown Hot Springs. And, um, immediately I was like, I like this kid. (laughs) Like he's very smart and charming and, um, in like funny. So I immediately, we clicked and I remember going into the bathroom and texting my best friend and being like, oh my God, dude, we have a problem. And she was like, oh my God, what? Is he weird? Like, do you need me to like emergency call you out of this? And I was like, no, no, like I like him. And I haven't liked anybody in like two years. And I was like, this is crazy, which is hard to think about that. It's been like two years since my last real deal relationship. But, um, Anyway, I was very much like, oh my God, this is crazy. I like him. And so he, um, we like ate and had a good time. We had palm, was it pomegranate or it was one of those, like a grapefruit. I think it was grapefruit margaritas. Very tasty. And, um, then he was like, hey, so like, do you, like, I drove all the way up here. Do you like want to keep doing things or do you want to just like call it? And I was like, well, I mean, do you have any other ideas? Because I'm the most indecisive person ever and I'm so bad at suggestions and like what to do with things, even though I live here. And he was like, well, there's a bowling alley and we could go bowling. And I was like, that is adorable. Yes, let's do that. And so we went to the bowling alley and bowled and he absolutely slaughtered my ass. Like, I mean, he... I think he had like 400 points. I actually don't know. And the people that are familiar with bowling might be like, that is not even a number you can get. I don't know. It was a very high number. And I, I think I hit one strike maybe. And it was one of those like good timed, like well-timed strikes because, um, he was talking smack and I was like, watch this. And then I, the whole time I was like, please God, do something cool. Don't, don't gutter it, please. Um, but I guttered the rest of the time, but I did get one strike. But, um, anyway, so the day ended up going super well. And then we just kept talking and every weekend we would hang out. And I don't think we've missed a weekend since then. Uh, we met on February 12th. Um, and then we, we just hung out every weekend and then on uh, March 6th, I asked him to be my boyfriend because he took too long. <laughs> and I am nothing if not impatient. And uh, I might have also been a smidgen tipsy. Uh, so uh, I actually have no recollection of how I asked him. 
and neither does he. It is something that drives us insane to this day that I genuinely cannot remember how I asked him out, but it was a goofy, like, you wouldn't be my boyfriend? <laughs> like, and so, yeah, now, now we date, and we have been dating since, and it's going very well. Uh, unfortunately, the past, like, month or so since I, well, not, but, like, this whole month, since I moved, he has to come all the way up here and I can't like switch off and come see him because I have to feed the horses. So, um, he's been a very good sport through all of that and, um, is learning to be an animal person because he, um, claims that he's not, but, um, I think Zuko, my cat is, uh, it's changing that. (laughs) It's hard not to like Zuko. Zuko's a very people cat. He is all up in your business. And uh, Wally is aloof, but when he likes you, it's kind of the most validating thing in the world. Uh, so it's it's nice. And he really likes Myla. And Zoe, he hasn't really gotten to know super well just because I try not to, like, I try to take my weekends off and do human things because otherwise I will get caught up working all day long. <laughs> and, you know, he's only here on the weekends, so I'm trying to, to be... Um, cognizant of that but um yeah so he actually led her the other day which was crazy for those of you who have ever seen somebody hand walk zoe it's not an easy thing to do and um like i had to lead her out of the run-in field with her mother well i had to lead her out first lead her through a field of three like four-year-olds who all came up running and were like trying to mess with her and whatever and she was like I don't know about all this and lead her through a teeny tiny little door that doesn't open all the way hand her off to him and then I was like just uh hang on to her and I'm gonna go get Amber because Amber's gonna freak out if I move Zoe too far away without her so I ran back and got Amber and then led Amber out with them and I was like okay you can give me Zoe's lead rope and he was like I think I got it because it was like clearly not going to be easy for me to lead both of them because they were both a little a little bouncy And the openings weren't very wide, so honestly, it would have been dangerous, but I was, like, trying not to get him killed. (laughs) Um, And I was like, okay. And so we led him through the gates and everything, and he did well. She circled around him a couple of times, but um, she she was being very good. Like, (laughs) very good for her. Um, Like I said, there was a little bit of bebopping, bouncing, but... um, you know, when she would start, I would be like, you can just pull on our leader up a little bit and she'll slow down. And he, he did perfect and wasn't like, he, he was, bless his heart, so scared to like apply too much pressure, be too rough with her. And I was like, yes, keep that. Please never, ever lose that. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. And then he led her out into the field and I had to demonstrate how to unclip the halter because <laughs> apparently, I don't know why they're so confusing for non-horsey people. They seem very straightforward to me. I would be like, yeah, there's a clip and then you just slip it over their ears or you unbuckle it like it's, but whatever. Um, anyway, so yeah, that's where we are now. Um, he is, it's funny because he actually grew up, um, on a farm with like his sister rode horses and his parents had, um, livestock and stuff. And the other day I had to take him to Tractor Supply to get some like shavings and alfalfa pellets for Zoe. And he was like, God, I never thought I would have to come back to this stupid place ever again. And here I am with my horse girl (laughs) being a farm boy. And I was like, you know what? (laughs) It just, 
life hands you lemons, okay? It wants you in this field, apparently. So, um, so he does have some like background knowledge with it, but um, he's about to learn a whole lot more <laughs> because uh, he does have a, an equine professional for a significant other. So, um, anyway. That is pretty much our story up until now. Um, I don't, is there basic information that I need to give? Um, he's a six foot brunette with green eyes. Um, he's, he's in the Air Force. That's an important detail. Um, he works in cybersecurity, so he's a, a smart boy. And um, he is the definition of a golden retriever boyfriend. Oh my God, all he wants is to be scratched and pet like arm back head scratches that's it i like my job doesn't end when i like go train the babies and i use scratches as reinforcement i scratch you know zoe all the time i scratch myla and my cats and then my boyfriend like they just i'm just a scratching post for all of these individuals um but anyway he's a he's a very sweet guy very supportive and um funny just a just a good dude you know and now I'm, I'm in this position where I'm like, okay, I don't, how do I handle this? <laughs> like, how do I date somebody that's like genuinely nice and good? And like, like, it's almost like I can feel my brain creating issues because there aren't any. And I have to really be self-aware and stop that from happening because I'm not used to having like a secure relationship rather than like volatile, constant in fear of being abandoned or... Um, you know, needing to hide something, not in like being secretive and keeping something from my significant other, but like masking, if you guys are familiar with that term, essentially like not being myself because I have ADHD or this or that. And so like just trying to pretend to be as normal as possible and hide all of the goofy, weird, neurotic parts. (laughs) Um, so, and I don't have to do that with him. Um, so it's very nice. I am a happy, happy girl, but I am struggling to learn how to be in a happy, chill relationship. I, what is that? <laughs> but we're getting there, and uh, I think it's going well. So I don't know. Who knows? We shall see, and I will keep you guys updated. But the place to check all that out is at jet.trees on Instagram. Um... But, yeah, so let's move on from old Mr. Jacob Jager. Um, his, he has, all three of his initials are J. So if we were to get married in the future, I, I would be Mrs. Jill Jacob Jeffrey Jager. <laughs> Which is so many J's. Oh, my God. But, um, okay, so, uh... Oh, okay. So one of you guys asked about like how my journey as a trainer is going, a horse trainer. Um, It's going well, actually. Um, I am taking some online courses. And like I said, um, I'm having to like screenshot the page, read it all and take notes and then do the assessments on Wi-Fi. Um, I'm trying to, God, I, I just found out that they make things called fidget rings. It's not a fidget spinner, but it's like a a little ring and it has a band and then it has like little beads on it that move and slide so you can 
fidget with them while you're doing things because I every time I record an episode I absolutely destroy my cuticles because I'll just sit here and pick at them and I don't even notice until all of my fingers hurt and they're bleeding so I have invested in a couple fidget rings so that I can like mess with those instead of um my fingers and like peel all my skin off my cuticles it's very gross um anyway um (laughs) so online journey uh, or online learning trailer journey. That is the that is the note that I have written down. So I I think back around like November December, the Center of Excellence. That's Center with an E, like Center E of Excellence. Um, I think it's a UK spelling. Um, it it has two courses on like horses. So it's equine psychology and then horse behavior and management, I think is what they're called. And, um, I'm take, or I'm, I bought them both because they were on sale for like 20 bucks each. And I was like, why not? So I am taking both of them and I'm focusing on the equine psychology one right now, which I kind of thought was going to be like a basic course and I wasn't going to learn a whole lot in it, but I've actually picked up a lot of things, um, that were just like, things I wouldn't know right now, like different gestation periods and wild stallion behavior. Like I just haven't read a whole lot about that because I I tend to focus more on applicable things, not just kind of extraneous knowledge, but it's really good to know and keep in mind. And it's helped me understand a lot more about, um, you know, different behaviors. I mean, you have to understand where horses come from because realistically, they have not evolved that much (laughs) since being, you know, domesticated. Um, So they've retained a lot of those evolutionary skill sets, even though we've done a lot of breeding, they've not evolved much. So um, it's, it's important to keep those things in mind and um, have them influence or inform your understanding of presenting behaviors. So, um, I've been focusing on that one. I'm about halfway through it right now, I think. And, um, I'm hoping to get that wrapped up, uh, by the end of this week and then move into, um, I would like to get the equine behavior management one done, but, um, when I get internet, my primary focus is obviously going to be my master's program. I'm taking two courses, uh, in June. So it's our summer one program. And so my focus will be on the two courses that I'm taking that semester, which I think is intro to play therapy and career counseling, um, which are two classes that I do not care about, to be frank with you. I do not want to be a career counselor and I do not want to do play therapy. Um, So, you know, who knows? Maybe play therapy will give me ideas with horses. I don't know, but I'm not using it for people. Uh, I do not want to work with children, unfortunately, that there are plenty of people who do, and I am not one of them. But um, yeah, so that will be my primary focus to work on those. And then um, the Saddle Fit for Life uh, Certified Equine Ergonomist course is going to be second to top priority um, because that is a huge part of what I'm dealing with with Zoe right now. Sorry, burping. And, uh, yeah, so I'm focusing on those things and hopefully I'll get those done, um, here shortly, but, um, yeah, so I don't, I keep saying filler words because I'm, I'm not thinking correctly. Um, not thinking, it's not that I'm thinking incorrectly. It's just that I'm thinking about other things that don't matter, 
did I take my ADHD meds today? The answer is no. Um, so yeah, the equine behavior management one, uh, might just be one that I more so skim. Uh, it depends on the content and if it's like something that I think is really interesting. Uh, I don't know, but the equine psychology one is actually pretty interesting. So if you're considering looking into that course or you want to buy it, I would recommend searching online for a coupon code or waiting around, uh, until a holiday. Cause I think they go on sale pretty frequently and it's like a huge price cut. So there are those. Um, and I found some other online horse courses that I need to update my website with when I have, um, internet again, because there are are so many online courses to take now on learning more about horses and I want to take them all. Um, but the other thing that I wanted to talk about is I have been thinking about it quite a lot over the last couple of months. And I think that I am finally deciding to go for my IAABC certification, uh, from the International Association of Animal Behavior Consultants to become a certified horse behavior consultant, um, through them so that I can like put that on a business card and hand it to my veterinarians and say, Hey, if you have anyone that's struggling with a horse, hand them my card, please tell them to reach out to me. So, um, yeah, that, that is on my agenda for this year, um, is to start that process and apply because, um, I want to be one. I was going to wait, um, and for a couple of years, but I've recently just had like gained so much experience so fast and done so much research and learning. And, um, I just, I, I just want to go for it already. And there are so many people around me that are getting it, that it's like boosting my confidence. I, I feel like I've been fighting some imposter syndrome with it that I'm like, no, I can't do it. Um, it's, I, I won't be able to, like, I'm not ready. I'm not good enough. I don't know enough. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> like if I wait, then I'm never going to do it. So, um, I'm hoping to go for that here soon. And, uh, I'm hoping I might just be able to find a break, um, and everything. Maybe in July, I'll be able to really get after my application. Um, we'll see. I don't know. Um, so yeah, that's how the trainer journey is going. Um, I'm sure I'll have more updates on stuff like that. I do plan on doing a trailer loading episode here soon, um, uh, discussing a client horse that I've been working with quite a bit and she has made astronomical progress with the trailer. And, um, I just kind of want to walk you guys through that case study sort of. Um, so watch out for that. Um, how many times can we say, um, Oh, I thought my dog was in the room. It's Wally. He's just licking himself very loudly. Wally's my orange cat. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, mental health check-in. How am I doing, like, really? Uh, I think I already answered that one. Um, I'm doing, like, really okay. <laughs> I I want to get to great, fantastic, living my best life, but um, we're not there yet. Got a few things that I, I need to tweak before that will happen. Um, okay. So the other thing that I had written down here is my Instagram posting struggle, which isn't, I really don't have a lot to say about it. It's more so just that, um, not having internet and my phone being super slow makes it really hard to post because I have to wait for like 10 minutes for my post to upload, uh, which is an exaggeration, but it is still a long time. Um, and it's, it's just been hard to create content when I'm just so busy and on my feet all day long. Um, or so out of energy, all I can do is mope on my couch. 
Um, so that's, that's where we're at. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to sort of move that ball a little bit more. I always fluctuate with Instagram and it sucks that I do that. And that Instagram is not built to support people, um, fluctuating or taking little breaks because, uh, I lose all of my engagement, like every single last bit of it. And my YouTube is the biggest example of that. The views are so down on YouTube. So if you are bored while you eat a meal and you usually like to watch a show, maybe watch one of my YouTube videos instead because, dear God, I need the views so bad um, that I worked very hard on those videos. And am I begging? Yes, 100%. 100% I'm begging. <laughs> but I I think they're good. And I've watched them several times to boost my views. I'm just kidding. I've watched them for quality control. But... Anyway, if if you think about it, or maybe you're just like, I'm going to eat my lunch in my car today. I don't want to be around people. Pop on the video, okay? Maybe, maybe you're waiting in line to pick up your child or waiting in line at the grocery store and you happen to have your AirPods in and it's like a really long line. Just pop a video in. Maybe set your phone up while you're cleaning stalls. I don't know. Just watch it. Dear God, please. <laughs> um, okay, so school... And career updates. So somebody asked if I still wanted to be in the FBI. Um, so I felt like it was worth addressing this question that no, I do not. I have actually changed that opinion quite a bit. And judging by the state of uh, the that sector of government employees, I'm kind of glad I didn't. Public opinion is not great and I do not want to be one. <laughs> so um, I am very much focused on the two that I'm pursuing right now which is becoming a, like, I am a behavior consultant, but, like, I want to get, like, pro-pro, you know? So um, get all the way certified with that, get more experience in clients and develop a business around that and training. And um, then from there, also I'm getting my master's in clinical mental health counseling, so I will be on track to become a licensed professional counselor. And also, this is something that's very tentative at the moment, and I don't know if it's going to happen, but um, my school is trying to get a doctoral program going for counseling, so there is a potential that at some point in the future, I might be Dr. Jill. <laughs> so that would be very cool, and I think being in, um, because I, I'm really tight with the, the head of our program, and I say really tight as, like, loosely. Like, he's just super cool. And um, he's now the head of our program and is, like, the best guy ever to be running it. And um, I just, I come to him with a lot of questions and um, concerns, comments, you know, that sort of thing. And so um, I, I he's, he's told me and some of my friends that he's trying to get a doctoral program going. And... He wants it to be online, and I'm like, that is the only way I would ever go for a doctorate is if it was through Henderson and online and not like a super prestigious competitive thing because I am not so arrogant to believe that I could handle something like that unless it was about horses. I think that's about the only way that I could, could pursue something like that. Um, but anyway, um, yeah. So that's where I'm going with my career. That's how school's going. Um, I'm set to graduate fall of 23, which is a long time, but our program is longer to meet KCREP standards and blah, blah, blah. Nobody cares. Um, <laughs> you guys are horse people, not counseling people. Um, so somebody else also asked what's going on with my merch. 
And I'm not sure what that means. If you have noticed that there is a problem with my merch, please let me know because I don't. Um, it's something that I am planning on reworking because, of course, right after I just moved everything onto Teespring, finally bit the bullet and moved into like actually doing merch. I got all my logos and everything. And oh my God, it's so time consuming because you have to situate your little PNG file, which is like, if you guys have ever tried to save an image on Google and you see that transparent checkered background to do like a clip art image, that's a PNG file. And so you have to upload that onto Teespring, which can take a hot second. And then you have to adjust it and move it around and make sure it looks good. But sometimes it actually doesn't situate in the center or like exactly where you wanted it. So it's hard to tell. Um, so and then you have to like manually select a price for each item, each size, each color, blah, 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 select all of the colors, post it. And it's hard to get all the listings under the same head. Like, it's just very hard to organize it. Okay. As soon as I did all of that, and I mean, it took, it was like a month long process of me constantly tweaking, trying to get everything good. Right after I did that, Teespring was like, actually, we're rebranding and we're now called Spring. And also, uh, we're redoing the way that we do everything. So now it's much easier and much better after I just did it the hard way. And now all of my stuff looks bad and I need to redo it, but I don't have internet and it requires so much time and I can't do it on the hotspot. So that will be something that I will have to rework in the future. Um, and I'll probably just end up deleting everything for like a week and then redoing it all and then uploading that. Um, so that's where we're at with all of that. Um, and I think that brings us to the end of this episode. I hope that you guys enjoyed this ramble. So many of you, when I asked on Instagram, were like, please just talk, <laughs> just ramble unfiltered, unedited for as long as you need. Um, and I'm glad I did because I really feel like I got, got to like update you guys in a personal way and get it all out. But I mean, this podcast is always personal and comfy, comfy talks. So I hope that you guys enjoyed it and it entertained you on your ride, your trail ride, your stall cleaning, your car ride, uh, making breakfast, whatever you did while you do it. A lot of you like study with it and I'm like, how on earth? Um, some of you draw with it, which I also understand because I, I do be listening to some podcasts while I draw. It's very nice. Um, hi Wally. Do you have thoughts? Would you like to chime in? He's shy now. Um, anyway, so I think that is going to conclude this episode. Thank you guys endlessly for listening. Be sure that if you would like to reach out to me for training or behavior consultations, uh, you can do that at patreon.com slash equitheory. And you can follow the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, you can follow me and the horses, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter at Jet Equitheory. And um, the podcast is also available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pandora now. That's crazy. Um, so all of those locations. You can also listen on Podbean or the website that I've created at equitheory.podbean.com. Um, but I think that's going to conclude the episode again. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you are for sticking with the podcast or coming back or, you know, just starting to listen, I really appreciate it. And, um, next week's episode is going to be over. Okay. Wow. You jumped up really high, huh? You just jumped up on the back of my chair from the floor. Um, it says I need attention, but can you jump to your cat tower? That's why it's there, sir. Get up there. He said, no, I scratch now.
<laughs> that's what it's there for. Um, okay, so next week's episode is actually going to be answering all of the Patreon questions um, that you guys have sent in via Patreon. It. I am so sorry to everyone <laughs> that has been waiting forever on me to get back to you. It has just been so beyond hectic. And like I said, I haven't had internet, so it's been hard for me to get on Patreon. I only just got my dad's hotspot and it's hard. Like I can't copy and paste the note or the, the questions from Patreon into the document that I use on my computer easily from my phone. So it's just, it got put aside, but I am planning to film and record that episode or record and upload that episode next Wednesday. And then after that, I have one more really, really long Patreon question. Um, but the questions are all really good and thought provoking. And I like this one patron asks a bunch of different ones. And I was like, you know what? That needs its own episode. Otherwise, this one's going to be literally four hours long. So I'm breaking it up into all of the questions and then just the one um, long one. So yeah, that's what's coming for the next two weeks. And, you know, maybe there is a question in there of something that you're struggling with with your horse and you would, you know, like to hear how I would work that out or what I recommend doing. But I think that is going to wrap up this episode again. Like I've said four times now, oh my God, I only have one one mode of ending an episode. Um, sorry about that. But thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to tune in next Wednesday. Subscribe, follow the podcast, and I will catch you guys in the next episode. Okay, yay, we're back! Yay!